have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. The Drill World Order is a subsidiary, not really, of the New World Order. Because we are here... Okay, sorry. That was my attempt at a disclaimer. Welcome to the Drill World Order. It is week three. Week number three of the Archon Week. Our Arc-on miniseries. Archon miniseries. Last week, we talked about Demiurge. Demiurge. I can never say it right. The Demiurge. The Gnostics, or Gnosticism, taught that this material world was that of evil. And was that false existence? This force called the Archons was able to manipulate the divine light from source. And it has basically created a copy of the original universe using... If you look at the cover of the Pink Floyd album, Dark Side of the Moon, you have white light going into the prism, and from that prism, it's being altered or manipulated into producing all colors on this color spectrum. So the Gnostics taught that the material world was, for lack of a better word, evil, and that our true form is that of Gnosis. The former screenwriter, uh, he's an author, he's a researcher. A lot of people call him the original Indiana Jones. Mr. Widener also was friends with Stanley Kubrick, and some of the Stanley Kubrick stories he tells are fascinating. Uh, but Mr. Widener, Jay Widener, and uh, talks about the Archons a lot. He says, The reason Nag Hammadi texts, which date back 2100 years, I had them at 1600 years, are so important 
is that no one has been able to put a spin on them. They haven't been able to be alt altered, destroyed, or omitted, as in other religious texts, the Bible. No one has been able to distort or destroy them, which is what they'd really like to do. The powers that be, that is. He says, luckily, they survived, talking about the Nag Hammadi texts, were successfully translated, and when many people need... Uh, when many people read them, they found a clear and defined discussion of what these archons are. These texts have been buried deep in a cave in Egypt in order to protect them, for what is on them is the most, uh, most important information. Widener goes on to say that there were 13 codices containing over 50 texts, and he describes these Nag Hammadi texts, these scrolls, the Nag Hammadi Library, as a highly descriptive document of an entirely different world from the physical manifestation or physical world that we experience or decode. He says, People don't realize that 2,000 years ago there was a religion on this planet called Gnosticism, which at the time was the biggest religion on Earth, and it was vying with uh, Hinduism. You could go take a university course right now on the history of religions, and they would never f mention or you would never hear of the term Gnosticism. The Nag Hammadi texts provide a description for what the Gnostics believed, Gnostic is a Greek word meaning knowledge, or state of no uh, knowing, gnosis. The Gnostics believe that the liberation can only be achieved by knowledge, by the consumption and evaluation of reality through knowledge. The library at Alexandria was run by Gnostics, and they were the first people to collect scrolls and books and assemble this information. Their culture spread throughout Europe and Middle East. This was long before the advent of the Western religions outside of Judaism, which was mostly con concentrated in Israel. Gnostics preached that there was an invasion that occurred around 3600 BC and about 1600 years before the Nag Hammadi texts were buried away. They wrote that this invasion was like a virus. In fact, they were hard-pressed to describe it. The beings that were invading were called the Archons. These Archons had the ability to duplicate reality to fool us. They were jealous of us because we have an essence of some kind, a soul, but that they do not possess. The Nag Hammadi texts describe the Archons as such. One looks like a reptile, and the other looks like an unformed baby or fetus. It is partially living and partially non-living, and has gray skin and dark, unmoving eyes. The Archons are duplicating reality so that when we buy into it, when we come to believe that the duplicated false state reality is the real reality, then they become the visitors. According to texts, they can get into people and can manipulate people to do things very suddenly that are very odd, but they are also responsible for the deterioration of culture. As the Archonic presence has spread across the earth and has escalated in the 20th century, you can see that they are responsible for a sprawl and the mass ugliness that is everywhere, a world on fire. Television is an example of Archonic imitation. Humans are limited on television, but the limitation is altered and is nearly always obscene and profane because the Archons not only do not understand the sacred, but they hate it. They are jealous of the natural world and of human beings with the natural world also of sexual relationships. Loving couples make them angry and they love violence and sexuality, titillated by anger and war and death. They create war to consume energy from the dying. That is very, very important to remember. Energy. Sustenance. What did Carlos Castaneda say? We have a predator that came from the depths of the cosmos. It took over our lives. It gave us its mind. We are its food to them. They are extracting energy. They are gaining, gathering sustenance from our emotions. And the emotions that they love the most and they have to have, they can't survive without, would be fear, death, these low vibrational emotions that our planet is steeped in. Widener goes on to say that uh, 
they live or lurk outside the inner planets near Saturn, or possibly as it's referred to in the texts as the Demiurge. They did believe in God. They believed in what they called the one true God, or the divine source, and that's how they always defined it, as the one true God. It's also interesting that Jesus defined his belief as being of the one true God. For me, I did not find out about this Nag Hammadi library or these scrolls. I probably went 10 years in my research of the schism and what's happening on our planet and who's in charge. And when I started to read about this force, especially their description and their tactics, it was like this instinct or this uh, instantaneous boom, light came on. Yep, this, this makes sense to me. Because for the last however many years, I've been studying the Sumerian tablets the royal bloodline, the right to rule because of genetic code, their ties to Egypt, and before that, Sumer, also the Roman Catholic Church. It's like this this force just changes its name or changes its appearance. And look at Project Paperclip. The United States CIA or the federal government gave new aliases, new names, new lives to certain Nazi war criminals, brought them over to America, and put them to work for NASA for military contractors, whatever else. So the Archons, according to these Nag Hammadi texts, these scrolls, as Zechariah Sitchin talks about the Anunnaki, you have the same tactics and a lot of the same aspects within his translations that tie into the translations from the Nag Hammadi library. Especially when you look at the Gnostics saying that it is the Archons who duplicated reality and have switched us or funneled us to decode their fake reality or their duplicated reality. And this is, I'm not saying this, this is what the scrolls are saying. 2100 year old scrolls that were hidden away and probably never meant to be found because the people that wrote these scrolls were burned at the stake. These were, this was a sect of Christianity that was telling us a different side of the story in a way that they felt the need they had to hide these scrolls deep in a cave from who? Your guess is as good as mine. But they were completely wiped out, the Gnostics. Think about television. Think about symbols. The, the subconscious. The You have 11 million bits of information that your senses are swarmed with every second, if you want to use that word swarmed. But every second, your five senses are receiving 10 to 11 million bits of information per second. Out of those 10 to 11 million bits of information per second that we are decoding or processing, do you know how many every second are actually sent to the brain and interpreted? 40. 40 bits of information out of 10 to 11 million is what the brain is actively decoding, processing, interpreting, and projecting as far as our reality. Your thoughts create your reality. This is, according to quantum physicists, quantum mechanics, whatever else, the atom is mostly empty space, and we all have atoms. Everything is atoms. A-T-O-M-S, not Adam from Adam and Eve, but matter, which is what makes up the material world. Everything is matter. And these Gnostics said that the true form of humanity, individuals, was not the physical appearance or what they might see as they look at their hands or feet or look at, the, look at yourself in the mirror. That's not who you truly are. They are saying that the Archons, this force, has hijacked our perception and programmed us to believe 
That's who we are. So one of the first ways to possibly break this Archon programming is to look in the mirror. Acknowledge that is what you look like. That is not who you really are. You are having an experience as that of whatever you see in the mirror. Your thoughts create your reality. You think bad things about whatever, you're probably going to manifest bad and negative situations. Every second of every day, your thoughts create the situations, the people, the places, the settings, the scenarios, the ups, downs, everything in between. So if you want to possibly free yourself from these Archon parasites, and look at our society. We have a parasitic society. If you sell something on eBay, they have to get their cut. You can't send money on PayPal without them getting their cut. Everywhere you turn property taxes, sales tax, everywhere you turn, there's a parasitic aspect attached to whatever it is that you are interacting with on a daily basis. I mean, it's everywhere. I have to pay an extra like five or 10 bucks to use an online portal to pay my rent every month. I mean, that is Archon influence. The porn industry, if they, this force, the Archons, are hell-bent on keeping humanity in the lower chakras, especially the root chakra, then it would make sense that they would steep us in debauchery. That's what the porn industry is. The average 14 or 15-year-old I read this week spends about an hour, hour and a half watching porn every week. It's almost impossible to acknowledge that you have a third eye or you have a crown chakra when you are literally living and existing within the root chakra. Everybody has a crutch. Everybody. The problem is, the Archons have literally hijacked and own every avenue of providing these crutches for society. They don't care. If you don't like booze, they'll find something else. Tobacco. If you don't like drama, violence. If you don't like war, pick your poison. And this also reminds me, look at the symbolism of Washington, D.C. The Washington Monument, the phallus, the male energy, sits behind the Oval Office, which is, represents the ovaries, the female energy, the feminine energy. You have the male energy, legislation, that executive order, the force, the schism, the archon consciousness dictates the law of the land. From that tiny little district of Columbia, District of Columbia. Columbia is Queen Samiramis from ancient Sumer. You have Columbia Broadcasting System. The logo for CBS is an all-seeing eye, as well as Saturn. You have Columbia Jackets, which is ironically a cube, is what their logo is. You have Columbia Pictures, which is a lady holding a torch, which represents God or the Creator. She would be the Mary Magdalene figure, being impregnated by the rays of light. Columbia is everywhere. Columbia is Lady Madonna. Columbia is Queen Samiramis. If you look at these tactics of the Archons, they have to, they can't survive, they can't extract, or they can't gain any kind of sustenance, or they can't parasite your energy if you are in a state of gnosis, which is why they have manipulated our world to get us to decode the swamp where they have to remain. That's why they don't want you, this force, not they, this force that the Nag Hammadi texts talk about, can't have individuals or a society in a state of gnosis, because that would mean that they do not exist anymore. They hate humans, but they need humans. And this ties in nicely to what Zechariah Sitchin in his research talks about in the Sumerian tablets, because the Sumerian tablets, make no mistake, 
talk about Enki and Enlil tweaking the genetic structure of their creation, Homo sapiens, to create a slave race, to do the bidding for them and their representatives on Earth, which would be the royal bloodlines. Divide and conquer, that is an Archon's strategy. Doubt, just load up the music and film and entertainment industry with symbols, themes, extremely relevant and prevalent to what seems to be Satanism. Because remember, energy flows where attention goes. That show, uh, it's by Ryan Murphy. Amityville Horror, no, it's not Amityville Horror. It's called American Horror Story. Watch the introduction of American Horror Story, and you tell me that you just did not take part in a satanic ritual. There is symbolism, there's themes, there's occult shit, there's Baphomet, there's 666. Like I said about the Super Bowl halftime show every January or February, doesn't matter who's performing, doesn't matter what you think of that performance, Justin Timberlake with the black cube, the black and white, Lady Gaga, which was a blatant satanic ritual on live television during the halftime of the Super Bowl. If you are unaware of what you are watching, the subconscious soaks it in. So whether you want to believe it or not, when you watch these events like American Horror Story, the beginning, which is sadistic, by the way, you can sit there and think that you understand it for what it is. Oh, it's just entertainment. It's just a TV show intro. No, what it is, actually, is it's broadcasting the frequency of those symbols, of those numbers, which is the frequency of the schism, the archons. And believe it or not, you, by watching that introduction, just took part in a satanic ritual or a ritual where the subconscious did process what it was seeing. And what it, what was it seeing? Baphomet, 666, the pentagram. What do all those represent? The schism, chaos. How much is the subconscious interpreting? Their way, they want access to your perception, not through your conscious mind, through your subconscious mind. Nasty fucking tricks to be able to do that. MKUltra, mind control, subliminal advertising. Look at all the subliminal stuff in Disney movies. You think that's there? Why do you think that's there? That's there for a reason. Did Walt Disney's signature has 666 in it. Go check that out. Hypnosis is another strategy and tactic of the Archons. They are black magicians. They dabble in the dark arts. And I'm talking way, way dark. And remember, dark cannot exist without light. But I would say some of these artists and this, these music videos, and if you look at the Vigilant Citizen pictures of the month, it's fairly obvious to see that Hollywood has been completely compromised. And that this force, this consciousness, these evil, if you will, is running Hollywood. It is running the music industry, it is running the entertainment, it is running movies. Because of the symbolism, the shit is everywhere. It's everywhere. They mention the term New World Order in Captain America Winter Soldier. That would be predictive programming. The other thing that's interesting is how these Gnostics described the appearance of these Archons as reptilian-like or gray with dead eyes, inorganic which is exactly how the Sumerian tablets describe the Anunnaki and their slave race, the Gigi. And I found the Sumerian tablets long before I ever came across the Nag Hammadi stuff. And when I came across the Nag Hammadi stuff, it's like I was reading the same knowledge or the same history, the same story as I was reading in the Sumerian tablets. So for, for me, it was just confirmation or I guess one more dot that you could connect that told me 
this resonates to me. The, the, all the same stories of creation throughout the entire planet of civilization and societies that never met, never came across each other. So obviously there's something to these. In my opinion, these were probably never meant to be found and the powers that be probably were not happy that these were found because these stories, these texts, the Sumerian tablets being the oldest written records on the face of the planet, are telling us something that we should be paying attention to because this stuff predates the Bible and all that. But we go to when people go to the Bible to get the true story. Well, well, that's a little bit more legit. Like, how is the Bible more legit? These Sumerian tablets and the Nakamani stuff, Sumerian tablets especially, were written long before the Bible. And Zachariah Sitchin has his haters. And, you know, I don't subscribe to everything that he has translated. I think that there's some stuff where he admits that he's interpreting it like this. But he is one of the only people on the face of the planet, or was, very many people that can uh, translate or decipher Sumerian language. The strategy, the tactic of the Archons, they are here to invert your perception. They have to have you believing that you are Sally Jones, who goes gets up every day at 6.30 and goes to work, comes home, watches TV for two hours, and goes to bed. They need you to buy into that, because when you buy into that, they sink their teeth in, and that's when they start to extract energy. And when you do buy into that, when you realize, forget that you are Gnosis, you are the infinite, you are everything that ever has been, ever can be, ever will be, when you start to realize that, stupidity, petty, just bullshit things that get us down and that we waste our time on, reason to subscribe to that or to, I guess, uh, fear, when you realize who you really are, stands no chance. That's why this force is so desperate to continue to bathe our world in evil and chaos and look at the world we live in. And on an individual basis, peace seems very, very subjective because I know a lot of peaceful people who don't have any problems with anybody. I do come across people that, for whatever reason, start to show these Archon tendencies. And that's another thing that I would suggest people do. Take a look at your inner circle and ask yourself, like, all right, I'm not saying that you should go around accusing people of being Archons because this force, according to the Gnostics, is a parasite. They are able to burrow their way, their consciousness, into people's perception. And I've seen people change very, very rapidly in the last several months to the bad. Well, I'm making me realize, actually, that as I look at people in my inner circle, there's a lot of people that show Archon tendencies, Archon strategies. Domestic abuse and physical violence and rage, uncontrollable rage, that is being dictated from your reptilian brain. This Archon force is desperate to keep people within their fight or flight state of mind. They want you to attempt. They just want you to keep grasping and to survive. They have to have you in a constant state of pursuit of just worrying. Not a, not a pursuit of worrying, but they love it. They eat. They, they survive because of anxiety, fear, worrying attitudes, doubt. It's the seeds of doubt. The parasites, the archons themselves, are the seeds of doubt. A practice that I like to use in order to try to free myself from the lie or the inversion is 15 minutes a day. Turn your phone off, turn your TV off, sit in a quiet room, preferably in silence, without any stimuli or stimulus, and see how long it takes you. You have 15 minutes to try to control your thoughts. I've been working on this for several weeks. I still can't do it. I'm getting closer, 
But we live in a culture and society where we don't ever have to be alone with our thoughts. Sit in the void, sit in the silence, and listen to your thoughts. Try to observe, don't try to partake in them. Try to sit back and visualize, watch, and see if you can pinpoint where certain thoughts come from, why you're having those thoughts, and if you can, which is a must, it's just gonna take time sometimes. Try to not partake or get involved in those thoughts, but visualize and watch those thoughts as an observer. What I do is I act like I'm walking down a hallway and within every door is a thought. So if I'm walking down the hallway, if I'm trying to clear my mind, I can see when a thought will start to come to me. There'll be a door on the right and basically the theme of that thought will be labeled on the door. So I can open the door and observe the thoughts that I'm having. But if I step through that door, I become the thought and that's when I really start projecting and assuming and doing the things that the Archons have to have you do. Worry about that. You're an idiot for doing this three days ago. That's how they eat. They're surviving on that low vibrational doubt, fear, death, chaos. They live because order out of chaos. They also lack intentionality. They can't create anything. They need human beings to create for them, which is why they have used hum human beings to construct our own perception prison, I guess. Look at 9-11. Look at what happened from 9-11. They created a disaster or an event, and then when the people, the masses, like, please, you gotta do something, protect us, please, please, please. The force who created the distraction or the event or the problem then provides the answer to the problem they created. False flag terrorism, Archon strategy. GMOs are an Archon strategy. Dictatorships, TV, advertising, even sometimes like architecture. The way they have certain buildings designed is a strategy of theirs. Because everything is a frequency, an information field. DNA is literally decoding, receiving, transmitting photons of light because light is just photons, information. It's encoded with information. They have found a way to alter our DNA, which is why we have junk DNA, and tune us in to a copy, according to the Gnostics, of the original universe, which was derived or created by source or light. We have been duped by a force into thinking that what we see now and who we think we are right now is who we truly are. So remember and reclaim. Remember what, who you truly are in order to reclaim your perception. Because once you reclaim your perception, they can't ever get you back. They can try manipulations and tactics to cause you to doubt that and maybe cause you to give up for a day or two or just say fuck it, but they can't ever get it back. They can feed off you and pick on you and mess with you still, but once you reclaim that perception and realize or maybe question whether or not you've been lied to about everything, that's when the teeth, their parasite teeth, come unglued or they come out of you because your perception, your awareness is now vibrating to a little bit higher state, a little bit faster. They can't handle harmonious vibrations from the soul or a person. If we were to all truly come together as one, as one, as one people and drop the pettiness, the, the, the shallowness, the childish mentality and behavior that this world shows, the Archons would cease to exist. They would have no energy, no sustenance to power their fake or false divine source of light 
and therefore their flame would extinguish. And it's interesting when you talk about the ascension process in 3D, 4D, 5D, I think that's kind of what they're talking about. The Archons are desperate to keep humanity within the bubble of the false matrix so that they can eat, so that they have sustenance. Because if you and I were to run out of oxygen, what would we do? We would do anything we had to do in order to maintain our source of oxygen. Monsters, Inc., the movie, is a movie about a parallel realm of monsters who are entering doorways into children's bedrooms and extracting screams as a way to power their realm, their, their livelihood, their, their survival. Monsters, Inc., whether the people that wrote that and directed that knew it or not, is fairly, fairly and creepily one of the most accurate movies on the face of the planet in regards to what or who is controlling. And this is another way that they let you know what they are doing. That's supposed to be a kid's movie from Pixar. Look at the symbolism of the front cover. You have the letter M. In the middle of letter, letter M is the all-seeing eye. One of the characters has one eye. And the Sid, I think his name is, or I, don't, I can't remember. Sully? No, it's not Sully. That's the good guy. But the bad guy in that movie is a shape-shifting chameleon reptile type character. And he's ironically one of the more scary ones too. So the Archons, three different types. From author John Lash, he proposes three different types. Level one, cosmological. They are a species of inorganic beings that emerged in the solar system prior to the formation of Earth. Cyborgs. Level two would be noetic, psychological. <clears throat> also from John Lash. Archons are an alien force that intrudes subliminally upon the human mind and deviates our intelligence away from its proper and sane applications. They are not what makes us act inhumanely, for we have all the potential to go against our innate humanity, violating the truth in our hearts, but they make us play out inhumane behavior to weird and violent extremes. Sexuality, BDSM, snuff films, stuff you might see on LiveLeak. Left to our own devices, we would sometimes act inhumanely and then correct it, contain the aberration. Obviously, we do not always do so. Bad habits form in the exaggeration of our insane and inhumane tendencies and also in extreme, uncorrected deviance from our innate intelligence. Gnostics saw the signature of an alien species that piggybacks parasites, energy vampires, on the worst of human failings, the degradation of humanity. In this regard, John Lash proposes that they are psycho-spiritual parasites. According to Gnostics, Judeo-Christian salvationism is the primary ploy of the Archons, an alien implant. It's a seed of doubt. It's an implant. It's a perception implant through the subliminal, the conscious, or the subconscious. Level three, they are sociological. In the Gnostic view of human society, Archons are alien forces that act through authoritarian systems, including belief systems in ways that cause human beings to turn against their innate potential and violate the symbiosis of nature. Inversionists live spelled backwards is evil, but the Archons are not evil in the sense that they possess autonomous powers of destruction able to be applied directly upon humanity. Rather than being agents of evil, they are agents of error. Human error, when it goes uncorrected and runs beyond the scale of correction, turns into evil. Live becomes evil and works against the universal plan of life. Gnosticism taught that the Archons exploit our tendency to let our mistakes go uncorrected. Because Archons need human complicity to gain power over humankind, anyone who assists them can be considered a kind of Archon. 
One way is to accept the mental programming of the Archons. Adopt the alien intelligence or parasite intelligence as if it were human-based and implementing those programs by actually enforcing them in society. Corruption occurs not because we make errors, but because the errors we make go uncorrected and extrapolate beyond the scale of correction. Look at Washington, D.C. Look at our world. Pass the buck. We'll get it figured out tomorrow. Binding resolution. We'll get it figured out tomorrow. It's a stopgap. Ultimately, they asserted that the contention of all power, whatever kind it may be, is a source of alienation. All institutions, laws, religions, churches, powers, governments, are nothing but a sham and a trap, the perpetuation of an age-old deception, according to John Lash at least. Jacques Lecarrier suggests that Gnostics detected the humanized face of the Archons in all authoritarian structures and systems that deny authenticity and self-determination to the individual. That's why the sovereign citizen movement is taking such a beating. Carlos Castaneda talked about the shamans and exorcists have had their role in traditional societies of coping with and counteracting the negative effects of archons and demonic possession in their traditional societies. In an ExoPolitics TV interview, Laura Magdalene Eisenhower quoted or made the following quote, our planet Earth or Gaia is now engaged in an exorcism of the archons and we must participate with her in exorcising our archons as well. I'll be the first to tell you, like, listen, I probably have archons. I have moments of weakness, doubt. It's always weird. It's weird because it's most of the time at night. Like, as I'm feel recording this right now, about 10 minutes ago, for whatever reason, I sat here and think, like, this is stupid. Why am I doing a podcast? I don't know. I have no idea where that thought came from. It wasn't my thought. I could feel it burrowing in. And that, yes, that sounds crazy. But I had to go sit down, clear my head, and try to focus or visualize the thought rather than be the thought. These are energy vampires. How many people in your life have you met that have the tendency or characteristics of an energy vampire? And according to the Gnostics and some of the other researchers in the field, Jay Widener will tell you, a lot of people who could possibly be under Archon control have no fucking idea that they are. So if they don't have any idea, it's probably a good idea to look at each of every one of us individually and say, where am I allowing or... Where am I allowing these archons, this parasite force, this parasite mentality to run my life and dictate my responses or my attitudes and perceptions? It takes 21 days to make or break a habit, I think is what they say. They want your perception. This is coming from a 2,000-year-old tablet or scroll that was a part of Christianity, was hidden away in Egypt, discovered in 1947, 50... Scrolls, I believe, 13 codices, which tell or paint a very different picture from the story that we were told growing up. And again, as we always say, I'm not asking you to believe this. I'm asking you to look into it. I'm asking you to compare it to what you subscribe to or what resonates with you. What I am not suggesting is to not look this up and just believe me. I implore you to look at the Sumerian tablets. Look at some of the other information that you have come across in your awakening or your ascension. How does this pertain? How does it not pertain? If it doesn't pertain, that's fine. Keep it on the back burner just in case because odds are in a few years, in a few weeks, in a few days, somebody will mention something that talks about the Archons and you can remember back to when you heard the podcast episode from Drubert on what this parasite 
consciousness or parasite force is. And I hesitate to call him alien because, you know, Carlos Castaneda seemed to indicate that they existed in a realm a little bit more dense than ours. They were able to interact with ours. We are not able to interact with theirs. And possession doesn't have to happen through a satanic ritual or MKUltra. These people, or the people that are their representatives on Earth, know every trick in the game. Every magic trick, every spell, they know it all. And they're using it all, almost 24-7, against all of us. So, fight or flight. Take five seconds. Don't let your fight or flight dictate your response. Visualize your thoughts. 15 minutes a day with those thoughts. Try to visualize where they came from. It's not really important who gave them to you. You're trying to visualize and master the art of controlling your thoughts because your thoughts are dictating your reality. That is how this universe works. As above, so below. Principle number one of the Hermetic Seven Principles. The universe is all and we exist within the mind of the Creator. So if we exist within the mind of the Creator, we were at one point a thought. Everything you see in your reality at one point before it became a physical manifestation was indeed a thought, which was an information field. So if the universe is all and we exist within the mind of the Creator, therefore our world exists within our mind. And by that means your thoughts will draw or push away your hopes and dreams. Law of Attraction or Law of Anti-Attraction. The Archons. Probably the same force that Zich, uh, Sitchin talks about with the Anunnaki. In fact, I seem to resonate to that theory that they are the same force. There's too many parallels. And this force, as I you know, used to hesitantly try to tell people, it seems has been around for a long time. And they have all the weapons, all the technology. They have access to the DVD. They know the end of the movie and the beginning of the movie while they're currently in scene number four. That's what you're up against. But the only people that are propping them up and keeping them in power are us because they have no intentionality. David Icke makes a fantastic quote. That quote is, it's very clever to make a nuclear bomb, but it's not very wise to do so. And they're using numerology, the occult, Satanism, pedophilia, finance, rituals, whatever you can think of. That is steeped in evil. They need us. We don't need them. The Archons. The Archons. Not very friends of mine. Not not friends of mine at all. And you know, I'm sitting here and I'm listening and I just want you to say, I don't know, the Archons. It, we, it sounds like we need to kick them the fuck out. We do. Because once we do, remember when Neo woke up in the Matrix? He woke up at the Machine City and then there, there was that truce between the, the father of the Matrix and uh, Zion. Neo basically, in the first Matrix, was deprogrammed from the Archon trap. And what were they doing? What were the machines doing to the humans? Doing What were the humans for those machines in that first movie? They were a power source. The machine city needed people as a power source. That's all it was. Human beings were a sustenance to the machines. Inorganic beings. I would love to get more into this. and I'd love to have a four-hour podcast episode. But next week, week four, we're going to discuss the Archons more. We're going to get a little bit more into their appearance, the actual reference of anything that might resemble or be similar to the Archons in our history, in the world's history. The Saturn tie-in. Next week we will be heavy, heavy. Next week we will be talking a lot about Saturn symbolism. And why Saturn? Why is the Nike swoosh the Saturn rings? 
Why does Whirlpool have a Saturn symbol as their logo? Why is Burger King the logo of Saturn? What is it about Saturn? And I need to read the good book, The Saturn Myth by David Talbot. So, Archon homework, if you are interested. Carlos Castaneda, read about what he has to say about him. Go to Jay Widener, J-A-Y-W-E-I-D-N-E-R.com. Go to Rinse.com. Read about the Nag Hammadi Library. Read the scrolls or the te- texts yourself. I haven't read all of them. I've read the, the important ones when it talks about who the Archons are. The Divine Sophia aspect. Um, read about the how the Divine Sophia created this force, this, these Archons. And then how these Archons were able to trap or funnel the pure light or source. How they were able to trap God's love or God's light. And then funnel our attention or awareness into that false reality. And what I am not saying, like, let's not assume anything here, okay? Because I'm being very, very, I'm interpreting to you and I'm talking about this Nag Hammadi library. And I'm not really interpreting any of that myself. I'm telling you what these scrolls say. Now I am interpreting how this ties into what is happening in the world and how you can tie it to other themes. I can show you the door, but you have to walk through the door. And I'm not asking you again to believe what I'm telling you at all costs. I am simply trying to get your awareness or your perception, your being, your vibrational state to be maybe of a little bit higher vibration or vibrating a little faster. Remember we talked about the wavelength of steel. It almost doesn't vibrate at all. It's that dense. They need a dense reality. Dense reality is a reality of fear, aggression, hatred, jealousy, spitefulness, revenge, low vibrational emotions, usually dictated from the root chakra, sex, BDSM, violence, violent sex and BDSM and all the other deviant sexual behaviors, or the reptilian brain. That's where they want humanity to live from. And there are some people that live their entire lives from the root chakra or the reptilian brain. And while you can't really do anything about them, you need to be very, very aware, have a lot of situational awareness when it comes to what the situation is. I think there's a difference between trusting your gut and trusting your intuition. Trusting your gut is not a level of knowing that your intuition, which comes from your heart. And as a dude, I'll be the first to tell you, for men, if men could somehow find a way to get their brain, their heart, and their dick on the same page, that's the true Holy Trinity for me. And, you know, we are men, so give us some time, but... I'm not going to kick that down the road because we have kicked shit down the road way too long. And generation after generation, the lie gets deeper and deeper and gets more embedded. And before you know it, at some point, this force, they are going to act on their end game. There's too much invested. This is a grand plan. The work of ages, the grand design, the new order. They haven't set all this up over eons. This is a very meticulated and diabolical scheme or agenda they have. These people are doing the same thing that the mystery schools of Egypt were doing with their initiates. It's a big fucking club and you ain't in it. Neither am I, as George Carlin said. But we are the ones that are holding their club up and we have no idea. Once you remember and reclaim, you absolutely will refuse to go along with this shit anymore. And yes, you will be pissed off. There is a very, very angry period where you feel lied to, cheated. How could they do this? But that feeling, that it's a certain awareness 
and it's a knowing, and it is you ditching what you thought you were or who you thought you were in order to remember and reclaim who you truly are, which is a level of the infinite, an aspect of the infinite. You are everything that ever has been, ever will be, and ever could be. You are infinite love, and infinite love is the only truth. They, this force, this schism, stands no chance against the vibration of love. And not just love for your neighbors, your friends, you gotta love yourself too. While you have that mindset, it makes no sense to let people who do not love themselves or can't even stand themselves have any say in regards to what they think about you. Why would you care what somebody says about you when that person doesn't even fucking like themselves? The four agreements, never assume, always do your best, never take it personal, be impeccable with your word. Those are little, little snippets or little philosophical principles, just like the seven hermetic principles that are going to save an individual perception because it's like a wildfire. There is an awakening happening. People are curious and are starting to smell the bullshit and at the same time are looking for the answers. That's all I'm doing. I am on a never-ending quest for truth, and it may take me 10 lifetimes to get that, but that just means that that quest will always be there. Daydream, vision, where you will be, where what you are going to do with your life, how you are going to own it. I have a bracelet on that says you fucking got this. Reaffirm to yourself that you are in this world, but you are not of it. And yes, you might be looked at as crazy or different or strange, but that is a good sign as far as I'm concerned because when the people that are hypnotized and brainwashed and have no fucking clue about the lie and the deceit and the game that's been pulled over their eyes when they are the ones that are being hoodwinked then it's obviously a good sign for them to look at you and say something's wrong with you you're crazy that means that you're on the right track and I've never been more sure of that in my life so believe in yourself believe in each other don't be a conditional person. Love the blue sky on the good days. Love the blue sky on the bad days. Love each other. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate this platform. I appreciate your support. Make sure to catch us on CastBox, the live casts. Check us out on the website, the-dwo.com. Follow me on Twitter. I think my handle is QuantaviusD. Q-U-A-N-T-A-V-I-U-S-D. Just the letter D. The Instagram is drubert.thrice so d-r-e-w-b-e-r-t dot t-h-r-i-c-e we will see you on the live casts or next week next week we go into a little bit of symbolism and the Saturn tie-in and uh, you know I haven't really decided how long the Archon miniseries is going to be but it is a fascinating fucking subject and I want to give you everybody on here as much information that might help you start to navigate if you should choose the Archon Waters. And you might want to stay out because them sons of bitches are fucking mean. Alright, for the Drew World Order, I am Drewbert McDrewbag. I just love the name of the show. I don't know why. I, I just do. I love it. I love the name of the show. Instead of New World Order, and I'm not sitting here saying that, hey, I want to impose a Drew World Order. No, fuck that. Maybe the water slide that we have in the new. I don't even know what we would call it. We'll get that there when we fucking face that music. Love yourself. Love one another. Believe to achieve. Remember and reclaim. Drew World Order. Fokker out.